Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast by Mark Madavan. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one that Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not still understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Oh, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for the gospels. We thank you for the reality that the stone was rolled away. And that you fulfilled all the promises of the law and the prophets and you rose again. We thank you, God, for sharing the good news with billions of Christians throughout history. And billions today who are celebrating this truth that you are alive. You are Rabboni, teacher, king of kings, lord of lords. And you're seated on high and we worship you today. We pray for Mark as he comes and preaches on this happy Easter day. And we pray, God, you would fill our hearts with life and love and vision in a fresh way today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, happy Easter. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to assume you're applauding for her and not for me. Okay, I'll I'll do that. Do you know, it, isn't, it, isn't it weird? Because Easter, we're usually, it, it's, Easter's a brilliant day, isn't it? And the church, you're allowed to say yes. 
You got, you can, or I know you can nod, but we can't see you. But, and it's a really good thing. But we've trained ourselves because of COVID. We're not allowed to be loud. We're not allowed to, you know, we have to wear masks. And so we want to go, yeah, it's great. Uh, and um, okay, now those at home, we're really pleased you're with us at home. Now you have no restrictions. So I want a load of noise at home, okay? It's Easter day. So what, are you excited about it? You guys aren't at home. I said at home. Else, just to them, okay? Now you guys can be. I, I, you can't make a lot of vocal noise because your spit is bad, apparently. But you can make some. Some. I was gonna say bodily noises, but that's something different. I <laughs> applaud. Stomp. You make. D- d- hit the person next to you. Let's have some noise. That come on. <laughs> you know, it's it, Christmas. Is, Easter is an amazing time. I just said Christmas is an amazing time, which it is, but Easter is an amazing time. And um, it's, it's really, I'm really excited that we are, are beginning to go back um, live streaming as church and beginning to gather. And there's folks in the building. I'm sorry for those who tried to get tickets and couldn't get them. We still are limited. We're all social gathering, masks and all that sort of stuff. We, we are really looking forward to rebuilding our gatherings together. If you want to be part of that, we, we need to be building teams up again for stewarding, cleaning and all that fun stuff. But actually that enables us to meet together again. And if you want to be part of that, please contact us as we, we look to seeing what more we can do. And as we grow, as restrictions continue to uh, lift. Can I give also a really special thank you for, for those in the church family, those at home, those who are here um, who have been praying for Kathy and myself. We've just been on sabbatical. So we've just had a three-month uh, study break where we've unplugged from just normal day-to-day church work. And um, it, was, it was initially scheduled for last April. And then a little lockdown happened, which messed that up. And then we rescheduled it January to, Mar- to March. And then about 10 days before we are due, the next lockdown was announced. So, so it's been more of like a, a, t- a period of, of isolated confinement than, than, um, than a real study break. But it's been good to get away. And we've had to sort of adjust our expectations. But the truth is, we've all been doing that, haven't we? We've all had expectations, things we've wanted to do in this past year, and we've just had to reduce them down. Now, I know some folks have been really creative, and they said, you know, I want to use this time to do something different. So cast your mind back, way back to a year ago, when the first lockdown happened, and we thought it would be, well, for a couple of weeks, we thought, and then, and then we found out it's going to be longer, and... and, and complications and we weren't very happy about it. But how many of us thought, do you know what? I'm going to use this time really well. I'm going to move from the the COVID comfort eating and and that gradual expansion of who I am. And I'm going to get a a much, I'm going to be more fitter. Did anyone do couch to 5k? Anyone do that? I I know a couple have, because you're thinking, I want to get fitter. How about eating differently? They're going, look, I'm going to try to eat more healthily so that at the end of COVID, I won't be twice the size as I am now. And many of us said, I'm going to be really ambitious and be really strict and get fit. Others of us, we went, you know, I'm going to use this extra time at home to tidy up my home. Maybe sort out the garden or those messy rooms or the loft that have been needing to be done for the last forever. And you're going, we're going to tidy this, tidy that, repaint that, redecorate this. And you have this grand idea of plans. Others, more ambitious still, said, I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to learn how to play an instrument. Do you know people like that? And that was our plan. But how did that work out? Because I think if it's like us, 
um, you're sort of, well, you, you, you haven't blown to twice your size, so you, you're, you're fitter. And um, so it was good. I mean, you know, healthier now, it's good, but not quite as good as I was planning. You know, you've done couch to 5K, but, but now you're finding you're probably doing the 5K to couch routine now, aren't you? Because it's, you know, you started well, but it's not quite as good, but it's still good. The decorating and cleaning is, um, we sorted out some of our garden, tidied this, but there's a lot of our house that still hasn't really got round to being as tidy as it should be. At, how about at the beginning of this second lockdown in January? How many thought, I'm going to be really ambitious? Or were you a bit more savvy and you went, I'm going to be slightly ambitious? I'm going to set more sort of lower goals. I mean, it's still good. I mean, it's still good, but, but it's just held back. It's not as good as we hoped it was going to be. Now, what does this have to do with Easter? Because actually it has something to do with Easter. Because Easter is this amazing powerful point in history where God does something incredible that changes everything. And this incredible, huge event is something that we, we know is good, but we can find ourselves reducing it down to something that's good, but not quite as big as it really is. So for example, we, we, we know it's about new life, so we have hot cross buns and Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and, and spring and, and daffodils. And there's new life, that message of new life. Easter is about new life. And it definitely is. But Easter is more than that. For some of us, we, we've dug a bit deeper. We, we know that, that actually at the heart of Easter is Jesus' death and resurrection. And because of his actions, we can have a relationship with the living God. And we know that incredible truth. But do you know Easter is more than that? Easter is more than just this point in history where everything changed. It's more than that. And this morning I want to use the, the Bible passage that Kathy read so brilliantly just a few moments ago to, to help us widen our view of Easter. To, to, to see more of Easter. I'm not saying your, your view and my view is, is, is not right. I just think that God says there's more. And not just for intellectual, as in, oh, that's really interesting fact, but so that it may impact who we are, how we live, how we live at home right now, how we live later today, tomorrow, in our workplaces, in our families, as lockdown lifts or as, even as lockdown hangs around for too long. How does Easter impact that because there's more. And I want to show you three mores from this Bible passage. If you have your Bible, um, open it up or turn it on and, and check out from the beginning. Okay, the first more is this. Is Easter is more than a cross and an empty tomb. I want you to hear this. Easter is more than a cross and an empty tomb. Now, before you're going, really, Mark, surely that's at the central of everything. Easter's more than that. And we see this in the reading. Because we, we started the reading with Mary and then a couple other disciples. They come and they see an empty tomb. Notice the reaction. Their reaction isn't cross, empty tomb. He's risen. Everything's changed. Yay, it's brilliant. Hallelujah, praise God. That's not their reaction. Their reaction is, this doesn't make sense. It, this, this, this is really, we, we don't know what's happened. We're confused. We know that Jesus is an incredible person. We know that that he said something about death and resurrection, but, but we saw him die. And, and an empty tomb, I mean, let's be honest, how many people do you know who's risen from the dead? I mean, not a lot. Same for them. They would have been going, well, wait, wait a minute, this doesn't make 
sense. You see, the cross and the empty tomb are part of the Easter story, definitely, and significant parts. But Easter is more than that. Because let me point out something really obvious here for you. Sorry about that. It is the Easter story does not end with an empty tomb. It ends with an encounter with Jesus. You see, it's not until Mary, when Mary meets Jesus, when Jesus says, who are you looking for? And she says, basically, it's you. It's when she encounters who she's looking for, when she encounters the resurrected Jesus, that's when everything changes. When the the disciples, when they meet and encounter the resurrected Jesus, that's when things change. See, the truth of the, the tomb and the cross are really important parts of the Easter story, but Easter is more than just these symbols. They are an encounter with the living Jesus. See, because Jesus is the one who changes everything. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. The Bible says that our sins were, were crucified on the cross. And actually, don't just think of sins and the cross. It's through Jesus. Jesus took on the punishment that we deserve, and he took that and died. The Bible says that Jesus is the central one. The, the empty tomb is actually pointing to a resurrected Jesus because it's Jesus who makes the difference. It's Jesus who we need to focus on. In John 3.16, the Gospel of John, just a few chapters before that Kathy read, it's Jesus said that God so loved the world so much that he sent his son to die. And whoever believes in Jesus, in him, will have eternal life. It's Jesus. Not just whoever believes in the cross and the empty tomb. It's whoever believes in Jesus. Now, I'm I'm pushing this point quite hard because I, I think sometimes we can just reduce it down to some really good symbols. Easter is about new life, and it is, but it's so much more. It's a bit like you know, this building, we, we are in a, a fantastic building. If you've been part of our church family, you know it's been a long journey to build this. Uh, and uh, it's a great facility that we're looking forward to using. You know, on, outside on it, there's a massive sign that says Waypoint Church. But I want to tell you something really powerful. It's just a building. This building is not the thing that shows love and care to people. This building isn't the thing that, that reaches out to our community to show compassion. This building isn't going to actually do something. It's just a building. See, the church isn't a building. The church is a community of people who have encountered Jesus. You see, because when we encounter Jesus, is that together we work together. Together we show that love of Jesus. We show the care of Jesus. We reach out with food parcels and, and food banks and debt counseling and all these different things. See, the church is the people. The building is a good symbol, but people need to encounter the relationship within. Easter story, the cross and the empty tomb are powerful symbols, but we need to meet Jesus. I wonder, have you met that Jesus? Whether you are at the beginning of a journey or you've met him a long time ago, I want to encourage you, the Easter story says that there is more to Easter than just the cross and the empty tomb. It's a living relationship with Jesus. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. If anyone believes in their heart that Jesus rose from the dead and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
So that they follow Jesus as opposed to my way. They follow Jesus' way. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Then we will be saved. It's Jesus who makes the difference. It's Jesus who connects us with the Father God. It's through Jesus we find forgiveness. It's through Jesus we find acceptance. It's through Jesus we find relationship. It's through Jesus. He is the more of Easter. So the first more is Easter is more than a cross and an empty tomb. It's a relationship. It's an encounter with the living Jesus. Have you met him? Have you encountered him? Because that's the difference. The second more is this, is that the Easter is, is more than just for the usual suspects. Okay? In, in our reading is you have the risen Lord Jesus. So to Remember the scene, is God in flesh, he dies on a cross, but then he rises from the dead, the dead, he conquers sin, he makes a way for us to know the Father. I mean, this is an incredible, tremendous event. Now, if that was you, you're thinking, I need to get this message out big and wide. We need to all the national media outlets, we need to go for the powerful, influential people, we need to get the movers and shakers. You get them going, you know, you get the Twitter and all of those going, it spreads like wildfire. And yet Jesus chooses his first appearance to be in a garden with a woman who was crying and upset. She wasn't one of the main big disciples. She wasn't well connected. She was someone who was in need. It's interesting in, in Jewish culture, um, the, the role of a woman was... was uh, um, couldn't even be a witness in a court of law. If you had a court case and you had a woman who was a witness, that they don't even count. The risen Jesus chose a woman to be the first witness and the first evangelist because he said, go and tell someone. You know, how is that affirming of women? Awesome. But it shows that heart of God that he's not just after the usual suspects. It's he's going, this is for more than just a certain type of person. And if you think I'm just reading too much into it, look at the second appearance of Jesus. You find this in the, the Gospel of Luke. Is he appears on the road to Emmaus. There's two more disciples, not the big 12 disciples, not the big guys. They are walking away from Jerusalem. They're walking away from, from Mary's testimony. Mary went back and said, We've seen, I've seen him, he's risen. And they're going, hmm, okay, let's head off to Emmaus. You know, these people who are, I mean, they're, they're, they're interested, but they're walking away. And we see Jesus walking up alongside them and spending time with them and chatting with them. And then their eyes suddenly appear, their eyes open and they suddenly see Jesus. Jesus deliberate his first two appearances were people who were not the usual suspects, people we wouldn't have guessed he, should, he would have appeared to. Now, Jesus does appear in front of the disciples and up to 500 others. He, he appears to loads of people later. But notice that it begins with not the usual suspects. Now, what does that have to do with us? I think it's so easy for us to go, the, the good news of Easter is amazing, but it's only for, well, the religious type. Those who go to church. Those who really have a need, a bit of a crutch maybe. Those who are, you know, that, that, they just, there's some people who just need Jesus. And we can all find ourselves falling into that, that perspective. Even if we are followers of Jesus ourselves, we can find ourselves narrowing who we believe the message of Easter is for. When it comes to our workplace or school or college, when it comes to our family, we look at people and we're going, Do you know, I think they're, they're just lovely people. 
And I'm not sure if they really need Jesus because they seem really nice as it is. They're almost too nice for Jesus. Or other people, you're going, they are such a mess. I think even Jesus would sort of shake his head at them. And, and you see some people, you're thinking, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I could even point them to Jesus. The true power of Easter message is that Jesus died and rose again. And the first people he spoke to weren't the usual suspects. They were just normal people. They were everyday people. See, the real power of Easter message, the way I want to encourage you to more, is that Jesus came for people like you, people like me, people who are good, people who are bad, people who were going, our neighbors, our work colleagues. Easter is for more. I, I, my prayer is that, that God may stir in you and realize that he's come for you, and he's come for those around you. And he encourages you to say, tell people, this is the world-changing, the life-changing event. Easter is more than just for the usual suspects. That means you. That means you at home. You here in the congregation. And also your neighbors. Who might Jesus have put in your life right now that he wants you to share the truth of Jesus with? Who has Jesus put in your life? right now, that he says, point to the bigger story of Easter. There's more of Easter. And this last one, the third more is this, okay, you gotta, you're gonna have to sort of stretch your brain on this one a little bit, but it's this, is Easter is more than just a personal thing. Okay, Easter is more than just a personal thing. Now, it is immensely personal. If you read through the Bible, you'll see that, that Jesus came in order to, to allow you and me to be in relationship with God. That we may find forgiveness of sins, because we've all messed up. Whether you've messed up a little bit or a whacking great amount, is we, not, we all fall short of God's glory, his perfection. And Jesus came to take the consequences of the things that we've done wrong. Je Jesus done it. Whoever we are, we need to know that. And if we confess with our hearts and, and believe, so confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died and rose again, that Jesus is Lord, we will personally be saved. Know God. But I want to tell you something, that the, the Easter story is more than just a personal thing. And we find it in, in a little sort of comment in our reading. Did you notice that Mary, when Mary was so upset and, and she turned, and when Jesus first spoke to her, she didn't recognize him. She, she thought he was the what? The, the gardener. Yep, he thought she was the gardener. Now, now, um, now, was this a throwaway comment? Was it that she was just so upset, her eyes full of tears and, and emotional, that she just made a mistake? And, and maybe, but notice she didn't think the angels were gardeners, did she? She didn't look in and go, and there's two gardeners either side of the table. She thought they were angels. I mean, it's pretty weird she thought they were angels and then turned around. I, I mean, I'm, that's, this, she was clear. I mean, clearly a lot of emotional confusion going on. But she didn't think they were the gardeners. She thought Jesus was the gardener. And I think this is really significant. Uh, many biblical scholars agree. They're going, there's something significant happening here. And I'm going to tell you what I think that is in, in a moment. But some scholars have some, some differing views to me. Um, one scholar wrote this. He said, you know, the, the gardener sort of jump that, that Mary made was because, well, obviously the resurrected Jesus left the grave clothes in the tomb because it said that, didn't it? So he had nothing to wear. So he, he, the, early, the only he could find was some gardener clothes. Now, if you were the resurrected Jesus, just conquered sin and death, and you're going, do you know, I just got nothing to wear. I just don't know what to do. 
do, do you think that's really, I'm going, no, do you know what? I, I don't think that's what happened. I think Jesus deliberately gave over that, that I'm a gardener vibe. I think there was something that made Mary think he's a gardener. And, and this is why. Way at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, the whole, whole creation, our origins, is we hear that, that God created the heavens and the earth. Is that God created a, a place that was, that was lush and, and there, there's beauty in there and there's a river flowing there and there's trees and animals and, and it was a beautiful thing that God created. And, and he places Adam and Eve in there. And he says, I, I have a purpose for you. I want you to live in harmony together and, and with a creation around you and work in it and love and live in it and also walk with me. God created a place where, right at the beginning, where we were to live in, in harmony with each other and creation and with him. Now, in that garden, we read that, that there was a tree called the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, look, Adam and Eve, you can, you, know, you can eat from any tree, but not that one. Because if you eat from that one, it will lead to destruction. So here's a really powerful truth about God is God does not force us to follow him. He gives us a choice. Still today, God does not force us to follow him. He gives us a choice. Now, Adam and Eve, they, they have that choice. Do you want to go God's way and follow what God says, that Jesus is Lord, that God is Lord and will follow that? Or do I want to do my own thing, try my own way, do, do what I want? The Bible says that Adam and Eve, they did what they, what they wanted. They ate from that tree, and as a result, in, in, in the beauty and creativity of all around, there came destruction and pain and hurt. Now, I'm not sure what goes through your mind when you hear that story. For some, you're going, well, did it happen? Did it happen like that? And that's, look, what we can agree in is that does happen. It still happens today. Is that we choose our own way. We do our own thing. And what happens is, is it brings in destruction and pain and hurt. We see that in our world. There's incredible beauty in our world and incredible sorrow. You may feel that in your life right now. There is beauty, but there's sorrow. And, and those two things are at war in there. At the end of the Bible, Revelations, where everything's sort of brought to a head, is we hear that, that God says that, that I am going to do a new, th new thing. I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to come in and go, okay, let's make this new again. And in this new picture, it's, there's a new heaven and a new earth. It, is God creates, it brings the nations together. He said, I'm going to bring harmony in people again. He creates this incredible environment uh, to live in and changes where we live. And he also says, and I will be there. My presence will be there. He's creating a place where we'll be in harmony with each other. Harmony with creation around us and harmony with him. You see the echoes of that. In the middle of this new creation in Genesis 22, we hear there's a tree. And that tree is the tree of life. So it's interesting, at the beginning and at the end of the entire Bible are trees. The tree of a choice and the tree of life. And then here in John 20... Mary in a garden. We have a gardener. See, I don't think that's a coincidence, do you? The God who talks about a garden to begin with and a garden at the end, and here a garden when everything changes. 
There's a verse in the book of Colossians, one of the letters to the church in Colossae, near the end of the New Testament. And Paul writes this, the author of the letter. He says that through Christ's death on a cross is he reconciled everything to God. Everything on earth and in heaven, he reconciled, he brought together. See, Jesus' death and his resurrection was more than just a personal thing. This is a reconciling of everything, of our relationship with God, but our relationship with one another, and our relationship with the creation that God has put around us. I'm sure... Like me, every time you watch a, a, a nature program on TV, they keep saying, our environment is falling apart, folks. We have to act. We have to act. Easter Day, Jesus acted. The gardener says, I want to make all things new. See, this is the incredible provision and invitation of the Easter story is that God says, I have come to reconcile things together. It will lead to a new creation. But right now, he says, will you join me? Will you personally join me in that sorting your relationship with me that you may walk and know my forgiveness, my peace, my life? Will you join me in your relationships with one another to reconcile the Bible so much? Jesus talks so much about the importance and reconciling relationships. Come on, lean in, lean in. But he also talks about living in the beauty of the world that God's created. Despite the destruction and hurt around us in there that we may be part of God's kingdom, which is a kingdom of life a garden where harmony happens. Easter is more than just new life. It is new life, but it's more. It's an encounter with Jesus. It's for all people. You're not excluded. He wants you to be involved. He wants your neighbors. He wants your work colleagues. He wants your friends to be involved. But it's to join something big, God's reconciliation project. I wonder... Have you encountered this resurrected Jesus? Because he wants to know you. He wants to know you. I wonder, are you part of his reconciliation project where you're inviting other people to see this? Are you going for the usual suspects or going beyond that? Are we joining this full reconciliation project that will change our world? Because that's what we're called to be part of. That verse I quoted from Romans 10 that says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again and confess that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. That confessing Jesus is Lord is a big thing. It's not just saying, yeah, Jesus is Lord, and I get on with the rest of my life. Confessing Jesus is Lord is saying, God, I want to choose your way. I want to live your way. I want to tend for what you tend well with the things that you've put around me. God, I want to respond as you do. And when I mess up, I come back to the cross of Jesus, that Jesus died, and find forgiveness again. And then I say, I'm going to choose you again and follow you again. See, that's the incredible story of Jesus. And when that happens, when we respond to this incredible provision and invitation, everything changes. My prayer is that we might see more of Easter. 
God's reconciliation story that will impact our now, our tomorrow, our families, our workplace, our world. Because that's Easter. Now that's more than new life, isn't it? That's complete transformation. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus. Jesus, that you humbled yourself. You poured your glory into our fragility. And you made a difference. You gave yourself up. You died on a cross and rose again and you made a way that changes everything. I thank you. The, the gardener stepped in again. Father, I want to pray for myself, pray for everyone in this room, for those who are joining us online. Father, that we might say, I'm going to respond to Jesus, the magnificent, the glorious, personally, to know that relationship with you, but to join his kingdom mission to change lives and change this world. I thank you that Easter is a message of hope, but it's bigger than that. It's detailed hope because Jesus changes. Jesus, please impact, penetrate our lives more that we may reflect you more and we may see more of you in this world that you have entrusted to us. I thank you that this isn't just some distant hope. It's a present and real life-changing things. We need you, and I know you invite us in to your plan, and we respond, and we say, yes, Lord. Amen. If you want to work out how do you respond more to that, please contact us at church and email. If you're here in the congregation, as we slowly leave in a few moments' time, grab someone. I just want to say is respond to the bigger message of Easter. It's glorious. And God invites us in. We're going to hand back to the worship team and worship our God, the one who gives and has done and invites us so incredibly.